The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known. It won't be long. Your life will pass by as a vapor and you will stand before the judgment seat of God. And every secret deed and thought Every wrinkle, every spot will be in view Before the one who knows all things The Lord of Lord and King of Kings You know the one you never knew While you have breath you have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is the shelter from the coming storm All creation shakes at the mention of his name He has power over life and death Every knee will bow and tongue confess Heaven and earth will proclaim That Jesus Christ is Lord To the glory of the Father will you bow Will you surrender he can save you from the might of all your sin This is the fight in which he stands In perfect victory While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come From the coming storm While you have breath 
You have a choice to make in life Turn away from all your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter from the coming storm He's the only shelter from the coming storm Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress I'm Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel I don't believe in religion. Now, I have a a friend who rebukes me every time I say that. And he says religion is a good thing. Well, religion may be a good thing for some people. But I don't believe religion is a good thing for me or for you. So maybe we need to define the word religion just so that we're on the same page. Religion, I define it as the dictionary defines it, a personal set or institutionalized system of religious attitudes, beliefs, and practices. I believe that is an accurate definition for American religion an institutionalized system of religious attitudes, beliefs, and practices. My interest is not in an institutionalized system of religious attitudes or beliefs or practices. I was raised in a denomination that had all of that included, and it didn't meet the cry of my heart It didn't bring me close to Jesus. It made my life very burdensome and very hard. And so I don't like religion. And religious people are often very difficult for me to deal with. I find dealing with pagans generally much easier than dealing with religious people. Now, why am I saying all of this? Religion will not bring revival. Religion will not bring the presence of Jesus. And it's the presence of Jesus, the person of Jesus, that I want. Now, I recognize that many of you listening today have never heard the voice of Jesus, either audibly or in your spirit in such a way that you could say, I've heard the voice of Jesus. That indicates to me one of two things. Either you have found your place in religion, in the arguments and philosophies and institutionalized 
systems of religion. Or you're walking in some deadness and sin and God has not spoken to you. I want to read two passages of scripture and then share an awesome revival story. The first is in John, the 10th chapter. Before I read this to you, I'd like to pray. Lord Jesus, you are real. You are a person. We have spoken one with another. You are my God and my Savior. You are my hero. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I acknowledge today that all that I am and all that I have belong to you that I look for you daily for your coming. The fondest desire of my heart is to spend eternity with you and to be of service to you. Lord, I love you with all my heart and all my soul. And I ask for your presence in this broadcast I ask, would you send the Holy Spirit in mighty power in the name of Jesus? Amen. John, the 10th chapter, I'll begin reading with verse 25. I'm reading from the Lavender translation of the Bible. It's a a literal translation. Jesus answered them, I told you, And you do not believe. The works that I do in the name of my Father. These bear witness concerning me. But you do not believe because you are not from among my sheep. As I said to you, my sheep always hear my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. And I give to them eternal life. And they will never, never perish forever. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the hand of my Father. I and the Father are one. Many religionists today will say, I can't lose my salvation. No one can snatch me out of the hand of Jesus. But they're just religionists. And they're not in the hand of Jesus. They're in their institutional beliefs. They're in their institutional religious attitudes and practices but they're not truly in Christ Jesus. Now I want to read another passage of scripture that's equally shocking. You've heard it many times, but listen as though for the first time. Revelation, the third chapter. I'll begin with verse 19. All those whom I may love, I convict and instruct So you must be zealous and you must repent. Listen, 
I have stood at the door, and I am knocking. If anyone may hear my voice, and may open the door, I will also come into him, and will dine with him, and he with me. The one overcoming, I will give to him to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame, and sat down with my father on his throne. The one having an ear must hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. You must hear what God is saying to the church. It's a very personal thing. Jesus is coming right now to your life, or you wouldn't be listening to this broadcast. And he's calling you out of your religion. And he's calling you to zealously repent. That means with total earnest crying before God. But some of you will say, Pastor, what should I repent of? Well, begin to repent of your lukewarmness, of your slowness of heart, of the absence of a real Jesus in your life, except some sentimental idea of Jesus. But the Jesus of the cross, of the resurrection, Romans, the sixth chapter, being crucified with Christ. This is the real Christ. This is Jesus. Again, religion will never bring revival. Revival only comes through a personal Jesus. Revival only comes through zealous repentance and searching after him with all of our hearts. Now I'm going to read another chapter in this wonderful story of revival written by Dr. Edward Miller on the Argentine Revival. It's entitled Fulfillment. Impossible, the pro-mass evangelism committee said. Tommy Hicks had just presented his idea of requesting a personal interview with Argentine director, dictator, President Perón. Tommy an unknown, unheralded, healing evangelist from the United States, desired to request the use of a large sports stadium plus radio and press for an evangelistic healing campaign. Such a thing had never been done before. No one had ever considered requesting the privilege of using such a large stadium It just seemed too preposterous, even to one, if he could obtain permission. There weren't very many evangelicals interested enough in the healing ministry to fill it. Tommy wanted a meeting place that would seat 25,000. The committee considered that 2,500 would be overly sufficient. Tommy said he would not start unless a large stadium was obtained. Services of a well-known missionary healing evangelist had been solicited, but it had been impossible for him to come to Argentina. It looked as though Tommy was the man. 
with fear and misgivings, deliberations continued. The conclusions of the committee were justifiable, considering all things from man's point of view. Up until this time, the evangelical work was very limited. Most of the churches were small. Conversions were one here and one there. Healings were very numbered. Who could imagine that God would move out on a large scale when he had never done it before there? As it resulted, even Tommy Hicks' faith was too small. I don't believe anyone, including Tommy himself, anticipated the magnitude of what God was about to do. Now, I want to be right up front with you. I'm talking about this because I believe God is going to move in America. God is going to move in Washington, D.C., not because of religion. He's going to move because he loves his people and he wants to rescue them out of their religion. And he wants to rescue many lost and dying people. He wants to heal them physically, and he wants to restore them spiritually, and he wants to forgive their sins, and he is going to raise up a great standard of righteousness as we come to the very end of time. Continuing, as to obtaining the use of press and radio, it seemed ridiculous to even consider it. Under the dictatorship, all religious activities were closely censored. All meetings scheduled had to be reported. Special permission had to be obtained from any, for any large gathering. Careful records were kept in government files. Tommy's request was understandably simply not feasible. It had just never been done before, and the prevailing conditions of the moment did not indicate the possibility of any miracle. (laughs) The same is true today. I don't see the, the blowing of the wind of God over this nation. I see a nation to be utterly cast out and cast down, to be brought into tyranny, Some have said, oh, Christians are going to be persecuted at the end of time. Well, there's no reason to persecute any Christian in America. Christians in America are, for the most part, just like the world. So why would the world want to persecute one of their own? No, there's going to have to be an awakening and a great change in the American church before any persecution would be warranted. Tommy insisted on visiting the dictator of Argentina. When told of the impossibility and uselessness of an interview with the president, Tommy went to his hotel room to pray. He knew that God had sent him to Argentina from America, and he knew that his God was bigger than any dictator or government So he decided to go see the dictator himself. High foreign government officials had been refused. Peron would not meet with them. 
How could an unknown, unheralded, unimportant U.S. preacher ever get an audience with him? But Tommy Hicks believed his God. Walking up to the house where the government offices are located, he neared the door. An armed guard was serving as the porter. Ask him, who are you? What do you want? Pastor Hicks carefully explained to him that he wanted to hold a salvation healing campaign. The more he explained, the more interested the guard became. Finally, he asked, Do you mean to say that God can heal? Yes, he can, and he will, replied Tommy. Well, said the guard, can he heal me? Give me your hand, responded the evangelist. And right there, he prayed the prayer of faith. The power of God surged into that guard's body in a moment, and his pain and sickness were gone. Feeling the power of God, the man was utterly astonished. He felt himself all over, and then in utter amazement said, Why? It's all gone. All the pain is gone. Of course it's gone, replied Tommy. God has healed you. You come back here tomorrow, and I will get you in to see the president, replied the guard. The next day, when Tommy returned, the same guard greeted him most cordially and then escorted him to the great door of the private office of the president of Argentina. The president greeted Tommy and his interpreter cordially and then offered them a seat and asked their reason for coming. Carefully, Pastor Hicks explained in detail the desire that God had placed upon his heart to hold a citywide evangelistic salvation healing campaign in a large auditorium with full press and radio coverage. The president listened carefully, thoughtfully. In amazement, he heard for the first time of the power of God to heal and save, for Tommy was faithful to preach the gospel to him that day. At that time, the president was suffering from a most persistent and disfiguring skin disease and eczema, which up to that time no physician had been able to cure. It had grown steadily worse, becoming so noticeable that he no longer allowed photographs to be taken. His ailment had become common knowledge. Listening to the story of Jesus, the Son of God, who heals through faith and prayer alone, the president asked, Can God heal me? Pastor Hicks answered, Give me your hand. Right there with hands clasped over the big desk, Pastor Hicks prayed for the president, for President Perón, dictator of Argentina. The power of God flowed into the president's body. God did an instantaneous miracle of grace and mercy. 
Before the eyes of all present, the skin of President Perón became as clean as a baby's. He was instantly made whole. Stepping back in utter amazement, he wiped his hands over his face and exclaimed in astonishment, My God, I am cured. And he was. He was healed. The eczema had all disappeared. The name of Jesus had prevailed. Opening his arms wide in a characteristic gesture, he gave Tommy everything he desired, freedom of press, freedom of radio, freedom to hold a large gathering. In gratitude for his healing, under the touch of the hand of God, his soul was awed in the presence of the power and the might of Jesus. The president made the impossible possible. Suddenly, barred doors were thrown open, and God made a way where there was no way. In a moment, God had done what no man could do. The Atlantic Stadium, with a seating capacity of 25,000, was rented. God began to stretch out his hand, even through the beginning, even though the beginning crowds were small. Let's stop again for a moment. Do you understand what's happening here? This is not religion. This is Jesus intervening in response to a godly man's prayer and crying out to God. This is Holy Spirit power. This is what we must have. This is why I don't like religion, because it will never bring this kind of redemption and power to the people of America. Only Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, the person of Jesus, the person of the Holy Spirit, through prayer and fasting and seeking his face, repenting, zealously getting right with God. That's why I come asking you, please, please, will you get right with Jesus? Will you turn away from the world of religion? Will you seek Jesus with all your heart? The news spread rapidly. God began to heal the sick. Before long, larger crowds were coming out to see and hear this Miracle worker, as he was called. Ushers were soon working 12-hour-a-day shifts. Often the bleachers were occupied several hours before the services were scheduled to begin. Because of the many people who had to remain on the outside, loudspeakers were installed. Inside the stadium, the walkways were filled, and then the crowd pushed down the fence surrounding the playing field and surged across, filling the playing field as well. They pushed down the doors of the stadium and shoved their way in. One night the workmen were unable to assemble the platform because of the pressing crowd. When Pastor Hicks arrived, escorted by a line of police, he went over to a corner of the field. The crowd surged toward him, giving up the space so the workmen could put the platform up. 
As God began to move, some of the people shouted, others cheered, others wept, others pushed forward to touch the evangelist or to stand in his shadow as he passed. When the evangelist preached a simple sermon, for he was not a great orator, he preached about Jesus, the Savior, and the Healer. The multitudes responded, We want this Jesus as our Savior and as our Healer. Pastor Hicks turned to the ministers on the platform saying, Do you see this beautiful scene? Argentina needs Jesus. Doesn't your heart just burn? When the pastor prayed, and he cried, Release your faith and do what you were unable to do before. There was a movement everywhere. People abandoned their crutches. Some cried, I can see. Others leapt out of wheelchairs. People observed, amazed, thrilled, hopeful, pensive. One night it was announced that the campaign would draw to a close. The multitude stood up waved their handkerchiefs and shouted for about 15 minutes, let it go on, let Pastor Hicks remain. It sounded like the roaring of a restless sea. After a hasty deliberation, it was decided to continue the campaign. The mushroom growth continued. People spent the night in the stadium to assure themselves of a better seat for the next service. The cold of early winter had already set in. Because of the overflow crowds, a much larger stadium was rented. The largest in the country, with a seating capacity of 180,000. It had never been filled. No sports event or political rally had ever filled it. And now the little unknown gospel preacher had dared to rent it. The angel had said that the wave of blessing God would send would fill the largest places with vast multitudes seeking to hear the gospel. Rulers would hear the message. Now it was literally coming to pass. God was moving. His mighty plan was being fulfilled. God was going to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ so forcibly to Argentina that it would forever know that his hand was not shortened nor his ear heavy. The gospel was to make a mighty impact upon this nation of 20 million people. Argentina, strong, powerful, wealthy, influential, but at the same time, proud, idolatrous, wicked, and pagan. God was going to move it out of its papal orbit that it might revolve around Jesus Christ. The power of God swept over the vast throng in wave after wave. Night after night, the healing virtue of Jesus flowed out to the thousands. 
outstanding healings took place, too numerous to recount. The full account is accurately recorded in the heavenly courts. The thought and ordinary routine of the nation began to change as a new day dawned Through press and radio, the news flashed to all Argentina. Magazines printed articles with photographs of what God was doing. Daily papers printed notices of meetings and miracles. All available copies of the Bible were sold. 55,000 of them. The people clamored for a copy, nearly snatching them from the usher's hands. Urgent requests went out by airmail for more copies to be sent. Cynicism gave way to hope. Proud Argentines became as emotional as any Pentecostal. Every night a shouting, singing audience responded to the power of God as Pastor Hicks ministered to them the joy of deliverance. A mighty rush began, a migration similar to the gold rush in the early days to the west, but what the people found was better than gold. They found the fountain of life. Healing waters were flowing. The power of God was moving out to the people. Using buses and subways, trucks, trams, trains, and any other available conveyance, they came from as far away as Bolivia, Chile, Brazil, Uruguay, and the furthest corners of Argentina. They converged to the place where God was meeting man's need. When chauffeurs were asked, where is the campaign beginning being held? There was a stock answer. Where you see the people get off, you get off too. Follow them and they'll take you to the stadium. For blocks around, the crowds all moved in the same direction, making a tremendous traffic snarl. Inside the stadium where someone tried to light a cigarette, others obliged him to put it out. Poorly educated, they said. Here the word of God is preached. The president of the football club remarked publicly that he had never seen such an assemblage of persons in his entire life, estimated that there must be at least 180,000 people in the stadium Wherever men met, there was one topic of conversation. In homes and on the streets, people commented pro and con about the gospel campaign in the great stadium. Hymns and choruses were sung in public conveyances. On a bus, a skeptic tried to convince another that the whole thing was nothing but a hoax. The other man argued that it wasn't. A third entered the conversation, affirming that everything was true, for God had healed his wife of paralysis. The skeptic offered no further arguments. You know, when I read this story, my heart is moved. It's going to take something like this. For America to be turned. Now, I don't know if it will be just this. But I know 
those of you who love Jesus have got to join me in getting to him. It's with sadness that I many times have preached a strong message. And after the message, everybody chit-chats about whatever's happening in their life and in the news of the day. There's there's no eager cry for Jesus. There's no prayer. There's no there's no meeting with Jesus. When was the last time you went to a church? And after the service concluded, everybody got down on their face before God and wouldn't leave because they were hungry for Jesus. No, religion doesn't do that. I don't mean to offend you, but many of you listening to this broadcast are just religionists. You have these institutionalized systems of religious belief and attitudes and practices. But you're not ever repenting. No, you say, I'm fine, I'm saved, I'm on my way to heaven. Are you really? In your worldly Laodicean condition, you're on your way to heaven? I don't think so. Oh, but but I pay my tithe and I, and I go to church and I, I practice these institutional things that I'm supposed to do. Sorry. Only Jesus can save you. Your institutional religion cannot save you. You're going to have to get to Jesus. Only Jesus can save us. Only Jesus. I continue, nightly the crowds increased until the stadium could seat no more. They filled the aisles and the passageways. Still on they came like a great surging tidal wave of humanity. People as a giant waving field of ready-to-be-harvested grain. The stadium was filled to capacity. Not even standing room remained. Still on they came until for blocks around the stadium in every direction a great sea of humanity gathered. The doors had been closed an hour before the service began. Messages reached them through loudspeakers. The wave of healing power reached out to them as well. An English paper in Buenos Aires reported one of the services favorably estimating the crowds as being 200,000 people. It spoke of the hundreds who waited from early morning for the stadium gates to open. A short time after the service had begun, it was practically impossible to travel either by tram or bus in the direction of the stadium, for everyone appeared to be making his way there. Although a vast crowd filled the stadium, hundreds more milled around the entrances, swarming up the steps and blocking all the gangways. Tommy Hicks, standing alone in the large expanse of green grass, looking around at the thousands of faces all looking in his direction, preached that Jesus came to reveal God to the world and to forgive them for their sins. The people clapped their hands. They sang hymns. They raised their arms to God. They stood with bowed heads in prayer. The silence was impressive. 
God was visiting Argentina in a sovereign way. He was making a whole nation conscious of his name, his power, and the reality of his gospel. No more could people blindly accept the claims of an oft-times depraved clergy. No more would the vile idols of Catholicism hold complete sway over the minds of men as they had up until that time. Rome's power was broken. Her hold on Argentinian minds was gone forever. Who can describe those days? Who can measure such happiness and joy? Who can tell of the tremendous relief from pain, misery, fear, and sickness? God swept it all away in the torrents of divine love. you see why I'm coming and speaking these words of encouragement to you this week? I wanted to get very serious with you and talk about Romans 1 and sin to try to convince you to turn and begin to repent before God. But the Lord said, no, they're not ready to hear that. Instead, he wanted you to hear what could happen if God came. If Jesus came in the spirit, he loves you. He does not love religion in America. He doesn't love the institutionalized system of religious attitudes and beliefs and practices. He doesn't love that. He loves his people. He loves you. Some of you today are in physical anguish and pain. Some of you need to hear that God can heal you. But only if the Spirit of God comes. And that requires an open confession of Jesus. It requires repentance of sin and restitution. It requires that we give ourselves wholeheartedly and zealously to the Lord God of heaven, to the person of Jesus. A little child of over three had been unable to walk without heavy steel braces. When the mass prayer was made, the mother took off the child's braces in faith, and the child started walking. He ran up and down The crowds began to cheer, to weep, and to shout. Faith rose in many hearts, and miracles began to happen spontaneously out in the crowds. The doctor who knew the child's case observed the miracle, then came over to where Pastor Hicks was standing. He grabbed him around the knees, and he began to cry out and weep, I want this Christ. I want to be saved. I can serve a God who will do this for a little child. Are you prepared to do that? Are you prepared to give up your religion and go for Jesus? Do you want to see this happen in America? Do you want to see this happen in your life? It can. I've been waiting on God for a long time. 
And I know absolutely he is going to do a major work of revival before he comes in glory. He's promised that I can be a part of that. I'm nobody. I'm just a a man who has been eagerly waiting upon God, obeying his commands, waiting upon him, poorly sometimes and with discouragement sometimes. I know that I can't build a great church. I know many who have built great churches and the judgment day they'll be pulled up by their roots and cast into the fire because they're just religious institutions. They're just filled with religious attitudes and beliefs and practices, but they're not followers of Jesus. I'm looking for people who will pray with me, who will cry aloud for Jesus to come in mighty power and do in America what I have read for you he did in Argentina back 1949, 1951. Now you may ask, what's happened to the Argentine revival today? Well, many people have turned back. Many people began to try to commercialize this revival. and The power of God was basically withdrawn. And yet large crowds come to some evangelist hoping that they might still possess a little of the power of Tommy Hicks. But it wasn't Tommy Hicks. It was Jesus. And so many have formalized and made this whole movement of revival into a religion. Pentecostals have done that in America. The Assemblies of God has done that in America. And many other churches, they've simply institutionalized this whole thing. I will not do that. I'm waiting for my master to come. I'm waiting for him to take captive death and sickness. I'm looking for Jesus to come. He's the one I want. Can we just stop playing all the church games? Can we just put aside all of the piling up as high as we can of the brush of those who will come to a church? Can we turn aside from religion and seek Jesus? with all of our hearts. Let's pray. Lord, I come to you today earnestly desiring, almighty God, that you would come in power and faith 
I know you have come many times in the past. And yet religion has gotten directly in our way. I ask knowing that you will come again. And I praise your name. Lord, thank you. I glorify your name. Would you move in the hearts of the people who will listen to this broadcast? And would you cause them to say, whatever I have to do, wherever I have to go, I am going to seek the face of Jesus with all of my heart and all of my soul. And I will not turn back until he comes in power to rescue America and to raise up a standard of righteousness and holiness, forgiveness and healing in this nation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I pray in your mighty name. Amen. Well, we're out of time for the broadcast today. I pray this has been helpful. I ask that you would earnestly seek the face of Jesus and obey him and listen for his voice either in your heart, in the word of God, or even audibly. Jesus has no trouble speaking. It's we who have trouble hearing. You're welcome to write to me. Write to the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22. One nine five. Again, that's National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box twenty three forty six, Woodbridge, Virginia, two two, one nine five. Some of you have asked who the person is who does the opening music for this broadcast, the theme song. I can't tell you. I don't know. It was sent to me. I don't know who wrote the song. I don't know who sang the song. And perhaps that's as it should be. It came from Jesus. We play it for Jesus. But I have no information about it. You're also welcome to go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. NationalPrayerChapel.com. On that webpage, you'll find a link to another webpage, RevivalNow.Church. There is there a streaming 24-hour-a-day radio broadcast going. You're welcome to go and listen and grow in Jesus. My brother, my sister, turn aside from religion and seek Jesus. I know some of you will be very upset at my saying this. You will not find Jesus in an institution. 
you will find him in the word of God. You will find him in the scriptures. You will find him in the prayer closet. You will find him in repentance. You will find him as you search for him with all of your heart. Pray the Psalms if you don't know how to pray. Read them aloud and and know that the Lord God of heaven will teach you how to pray. Seek his face. Lord Jesus, as we conclude this radio broadcast, my heart is moved within me with love and passion for you, Jesus, and for my brothers and sisters. Lord, we so desperately need you to come. I desperately need you to come. All that I am, I lay on the altar of burnt offering. All that I have is on that altar. Come, Lord Jesus. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. With great joy Now unto him who is able To keep you from falling And to present you blameless Before the presence of his glory